Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I am Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and joining me as always is my co-host, Brian Anthony Davis. And we have a lot to talk about, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people that don't want to talk about it. I get this feeling from the website and the commenters and on Twitter and Facebook and you name the social platform. I feel like people are saying, why are we even talking about this? The Steelers have lost three games in a row. They're 7-5-1. and one. There's no chance that they're going to make the playoffs because they're going to get beat by the Patriots. They're going to get beat by the Saints. Well, you know what? I'll tell you why. Because I've wore this shirt for those that are watching on YouTube. For those that are listening in podcast form, this is a an old shirt from the 2005 playoffs. It says Believers, and there's two E's, just like there is in Steelers. I don't wear this in public too much anymore because I'm sick of people asking me why they misspelled the word Believers, and it pisses me off. So I just... It stays in my closet. It gets special, special circumstance to pull this shirt out of the drawer. And this is a special circumstance because I feel like the fan base needs to start believing a little bit to remember that this team did go on a run where they beat, say, they won six games in a row. And, and don't give me this bull crap about, well, those teams are, none of them have a winning record now. Well, guess what? The, the Carolina Panthers were six and two going into their game. These teams were good. They're not like they were beating up on some, schmucks all the time so i wish that the fan base would kind of get a little bit excited for this game get get a little bit fired up because it's the patriots and we're not talking about the patriots we're talking about x-ray machines rib injuries depth charts it's ridiculous so with that said i had a little rant i bring in brian anthony davis brian you're a believer right I'm off of the ledge, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm a believer, Jeff. You know why I'm a believer? Because if this team is 1-14, I'm still watching and believing that they can go ahead and win that game. I'm not worried about a draft pick. That drives me crazy when anybody says, they should just lose the rest of their games, get the draft pick. Shut up! Don't do that. <laughs> Here's the deal. If you believe in your family, and Jeff, let me ask you this. If your wife has a bad day at work, okay? And yep. she has a terrible day at work. You go, well, it serves you right because you can't do this right. You can't do it. You know what? I should replace you with another wife. We'll go ahead and replace you. You don't do that. No one, because she'd kill you. And second, because you have respect for her. Well, why do we disrespect our team so much? We believe You believe that your wife is going to go back to work and have a great game. I, a great day at work. I believe my team is going to get it back together. You know, this is not a reclamation project. This is not tear it down, build it back up. This is make a minor adjustment here. Make a twinge here. Just do a little bit. So, yes, Jeff, I believe in my team. Yeah, as you should. We all should believe in the Steelers. And I've often said there have been people that have said on the on the um, the comment section of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, um, Oh, I'm not going to even watch. I'm done with this team. Well, you know what? If you say you're done with this team, then it, the, team, the team is done with you. Um, the, anyone that has been alive for, and I have a feeling that a lot of those fans that say that are younger fans, fans that were privy to those early Super Bowls and have been very spoiled. Since 2007, they haven't even experienced a losing season. Um, they don't remember those 80s teams that were awful. They don't remember some of those 90s, early 90 teams that were just, they were competitive, but you just, they just didn't have it, you know? And so I, I think that 
in my opinion, and this is just me, but I think I speak for a large majority of the fan base. When I say, if you're quitting on this team, turn in your freaking fan card because you're not a fan. I, I would never, I'm never going to give up on this team. Uh, I'm one of the few people in my family, Brian, I can't speak for you and yours, that I remember years where Tommy Maddox was the quarterback and we'd have family functions in the holidays and like, the Steelers are done. I'm like, I was the one guy that said, no, 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 no. All they need is for these five teams to lose, two teams to tie, and the Steelers win the rest of their games and they're in. And so, yeah, it was a long shot and it didn't always happen. But at the same time, always have faith, always believe. I'm that optimist, Brian. I'm not sure if you are that optimist in your family, yes or no. Oh, I am definitely the optimist in my family. And uh, I hate to correct you, Jeff, but actually the last losing season was 2003. Yes. And because of that losing season, you got Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. But let me ask you another question. That shirt is from when? I want to say it's a 2005. Okay, yeah. so on December, I believe it was December 5th of that year, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was their third loss in a row, it's if I'm not mistaken. Actually, uh, it was December 12th, excuse me. Um, it was the third loss in a row. No, I'm sorry, fifth. But um, Hushman Zada did the old terrible towel on the shoes. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They won eight straight. And I don't know if BTSC back then, but if it did, I'm sure on the comment board after the Hushman Zada game, after they lost, everybody was done with that team. But I don't think they were done with that team on February 6th when they beat the Seahawks <laughs> and won the Super Bowl. And people bought those shirts because of that. So you got to believe. Absolutely. And so I didn't want to, you know, stray too far from what we typically do here on the preview show, but I did think it was appropriate to kind of talk about that a little bit. And the fans, um, there's people that are struggling to sell their tickets to this game. Is it the Patriots? I'm telling you, I mean, some might say, well, why are you selling your tickets? But there's some people that, that sell their tickets as a source of income. And, um, I, I it's just a strange feeling right now. I, 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 I am trying to think of a season that I can compare it to. And the only one I can, I know Brian, you'll be able to tell me the year I have one in my, the 2012 was, was that the unleash hell season where Mike Thomas said 2009. Okay. That was right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're going to unleash hell in the month of December. And I believe they lost every single game in the month of December. So, uh, it, it could, it could tear here, but, um, you know, I, it's going to be really interesting how this game plays out. And we're going to break it down in every which way, but we have a true or false state. Now my, our buddy Lance Williams, who co-hosts the standard is a standard and the post game show with me. We do a segment called true or false. For those that have never listened to that show. And we had a great show last night. I recommend you go and listen to it. It's, it's over an hour, but it's worth the listen. I promise. Um, here's his true or false. He sent me this today and said, I want you to talk about this on your show tonight. I said, you got it. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you first, like I do with Lance. I'm going to make the statement, and I want you to say whether it's true or whether it's false. The statement is, if the Steelers beat the Patriots on Sunday, they will run the table, beat the Saints, beat the Bengals, en route to the playoffs. True or false? False. Mm, okay, what do you think is going to happen? If if I, they if they were now we're we're not going into predictions yet, we're assuming that they beat the Patriots on Sunday. If they beat the Patriots, lose to the Saints, and beat the Bengals, they're fine. I'm not completely sure about that Saints game, but the Saints have proven 
that they're beatable as well. So they could possibly run the table. Um, I don't, you know what? Let me change my answer. True. Do you think? Yeah, I agree. I'm starting to believe. I think that if, if they beat the Patriots on Sunday and that would be a gigantic monkey off their back and you, I write it all the time, slaying the proverbial dragon that is Tom Brady and the Patriots. I think that would be a huge motivation, a huge boost think they can go down to New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints have not been the same Saints that we saw in the, around midseason. Uh, they look very beatable. And the Pittsburgh Steelers could be getting healthy at the right time. It doesn't look like James Conner is going to play this week. He's missed the last two practices, has not practiced at all, not even on a limited basis. So, therefore, you have to assume that he's not going to be suiting up this Sunday. I think that uh, Mike Tomlin's comments about him earlier in the week were nothing but window dressing. I think now... You're looking ahead to Stephen Ridley, Jalen Samuels, and a whole lot of passing from Roethlisberger. But I think they absolutely can can run the table. And we're going to talk about this matchup now. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. For those that listen regularly, they know how we do it on this show. We absolutely break it down with our three key matchups. I say it all the time. These matchups could be very specific, player versus player. These matchups could also be very general in terms of maybe pass versus pass defense, stuff like that. So don't kill us in the comment section with this, that, and the other. It's just how we want to do it. Okay. We're the host. You're not. So deal with it. So here we go. Can I do it, Jeff, real quick? (laughs) Sure. Go ahead. Don't at me. Yeah. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go first because I have one on the top of my head and I don't want Brian to steal it. So I'm going to go first. In my first matchup, this is, in my opinion, possibly the most important. So normally I I say it's not in any specific order, but I think this one is. It's Ben Roethlisberger versus himself. Um, That's matchup number one for me because I said it just a few seconds ago. A whole lot of passing is likely to happen in Heinz Field this Sunday. And Ben Roethlisberger cannot make those stupid brain fart decisions that he has made so many times this season. And I'm kind of getting sick and tired of, you know, just Jeremy Fowler today wrote an article about how Ben Roethlisberger is the last of the gunslinger quarterback. I, I don't like that. I, I, I wish that Roethlisberger, he liked that he's a gunslinger. I, I don't like that mentality. I don't like that approach. I didn't like it with Brett Favre when he did it. Uh, I'm okay with the backyard Ben scrambling around, making plays. He's He's made a career off of that. The gunslinger Ben is stupid Ben that makes dumb decisions at dumb points in the game that equate to losses, and they've experienced that the last three weeks. So maybe not so much last week because he was injured for the majority of the game, but definitely the weeks prior. I just ultimately think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to play not only a great game, he's going to have to play a clean game. Can't turn the ball over, and that's in any way, shape, or form. If If he feels pressure, he's got to protect the ball, no fumbles. He's got to protect it when he's throwing the ball. No interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger versus himself, in my opinion, is key matchup number one. Brian, you can talk about that, or you can go ahead right on into yours. Have to cross that out. Thanks for uh, you sent a spy to my house there, Jeff. So let's go to uh, another one I thought you would possibly steal, and I know you will steal next. So I'm going to go with Cam Sutton versus Bob Gronkowski. Oh, boy. So, you know, Gronk kills this team. Last year, they shut Gronk, Gronk basically out in the first half. He came out in the second half and just ripped the, ripped the soul out of that team. And uh, when they went at 
set up for the uh, Jesse James play. They were behind because of Gronk, because Gronk destroyed everybody. I know Sean Davis had a rough time there. So the uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Cam Sutton was playing um, in that in Mike Hilton's position in practice today. While uh, while uh, Hilton was with the uh, do they still call it the taxi squad or the practice squad or um, I'm not taxi, sure taxi squad the taxi That's squad okay so uh, so he was playing there it doesn't mean that he's not going to be playing but they're going they want to take advantage of Cam Sutton's height with Gronk so that could be a gamble that could pay off or it could go the other way but the one thing I've been listening to sports radio, I've been listening to a lot of people, and I even said it about making tweaks. We want this team to adjust. Mike Tomlin, Keith Butler, in this situation, they are trying to adjust. They came up with something. Whether it works or not, now the problem is, I wish nobody would announce it. I wish it was done in secret because, you know, I'm sure the uh, the satellites are going crazy in Foxborough right now. And... Uh, I, I would actually think that uh, Bill Belichick has his flying monkeys, like in Wizard of Oz, <laughs> going and checking out and going. Wah, 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 wah. Translation: They're using Cam Sutton. You never, you never know. But um, with that being said, if Cam Sutton, which we haven't, we haven't seen a lot of Cam Sutton lately, but if he could hold down Gronk a little bit more and focus and shadow on him, just just one or two passes. Um, you know, it only takes four catches from Gronk to get 150 yards. Um, if they just knock two of those away from him, and they could make a big difference down the stretch of that game. So Cam Sutton versus Gronk, my key matchup, numero uno. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And the changes that the Steelers have made, and Mike Tomlin spoke about changes that could be made in the in the roster, really head-scratching ones so far. Um Everyone knows about the Boswell tryout, yada, 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 all that crap. Um, but, you know, you talk about Mike Hilton, who's, I think, the team's best blitzer. Now, maybe, and I said this last night with Lance, maybe that they're putting Cam Sutton out there, like you mentioned, Brian, just for a bigger body. Um, but at the same time, if this is viewed as a demotion, I mean, Mike Hilton is one of your better defenders. And I'm not sure Cam Sutton is just going to be able to slide right in there and do what he does. He hasn't played well. Um I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but I think also there's, I couldn't believe it when I read it. There's reports now that they're going to start Artie Burns at outside at, at cornerback. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, th there are reports now that Artie Burns is, he practiced with the starters today that he could possibly start alongside uh, or on the opposite side. I'm, I'm sorry, of Joe Hayden. So for me, my key matchup number two is when I read that it immediately changed my thinking of, of going into the show tonight. And that is my matchup is, well, I should make a statement before the matchup. I would have Joe Hayden follow Josh Gordon, wherever he is on the field. And after that, it's going to be Artie Burns against whomever Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, uh, anyone else they would put out wide. I'm not sure the, the complete, you know, I, I just can't believe they're going to do this in this game. Maybe they're lying. <laughs> Gosh, I'm thinking about this. Smoke I mean, screens would be awesome. I oh, would give them credit gosh. for smoke screens. Good Lord. This is going to be a nightmare if Artie Burns hasn't somehow made this miraculous turnaround. Maybe maybe he has. Maybe he will. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm excited for this matchup. I will say that this matchup scares the crap out of me if this is true. 
Now, it's more than one paper that's reporting this. So these beat writers are talking to these players in the locker room, and they're saying that it's looking like Cody Sensabaugh is gonna is, isn't going to start. So that's my key matchup, and God help us all. That's all I'm saying. Well, if you'll excuse me, Jeffrey, I'll be back out on the ledge. <laughs> all I can say is, wow. <laughs> I'm speechless, and I'm not normally speechless. I did not know that. I've been in the basement, so to speak. So, um, wow. Well, not to interrupt you, not to interrupt you, Brian, even though I did. I love how people say that, by the way. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to anyways. Um, uh, one of our people in the in the live chat is saying right now, uh, Ali said, Artie Burns will pick off Brady to win the game. Oh, could, you, could you imagine? That, that's like story straight out of Disney. I, I think that, well, no, I don't know if it's at Disney. I think that Steelers Twitter would just implode. Like everyone's phones would just combust in their hand, just poof. I mean, when people wouldn't know what to do, he's the he's the scapegoat. He's the the horse that everyone beats to death. Um, I don't know. I I digress. Go ahead, Brian. Artie Burns Go ahead. would break the internet, of course. Yes. 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 So the Artie Burns of special teams is Chris Boswell, and I think uh, we just talked about smoke screens. I think. Having Kai Forboth in there today and a Matt McGrain, I think that is nothing more than smoke signals as well. They have no intention of getting rid of Chris Boswell, but Chris Boswell versus a, a phrase that you coined, the yips. And look, something has got to give. Um, if he is on that field, and I was, I was in the stadium week two, and week two wasn't bad. It wasn't bad yet. He had that missed uh, that missed kick against Cleveland. He had a missed kick there. And so he came to go ahead and do an extra point. And he made it. It went through. And the whole place erupted in applause. So all eyes are on Chris Boswell in that Heinz Field venue. They are watching him. This I am thinking that he if he misses one this week, he doesn't make it make it out of that stadium alive. Um, you know, I mean, let's put the quotations on there, but I just, I just don't think he does. I mean, they will be calling for his head. In fact, they might storm, they might storm the locker room and just carry him out of there. Um, yeah. So Chris Boswell has to get over whatever's going on in his head. Um, I think parading two guys, um, past him on the, on the practice field today or yesterday. I think uh, that's for him. Uh, if it's me, if I'm Chris Boswell, I'm like, all right, I have seen it. it. It's here. This is my imminent threat. It's threat level midnight is what it is for Chris Boswell. So he's got to get it done, and he's got to come up big in a big way. And I think against the Patriots, he will. Well, and you can't leave points on the field. And I don't care if it's an extra point. I'll ask you this, Brian. I asked Lance this last night. And it's you know the the woes that he has had kicking and not just field goals but extra points as well. If you get the football somehow, shape or form, whether you choose to or not, and the opening kickoff and your team drives down and scores a touchdown, do you go for two? You know what? I I actually do. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a it's a question worth talking about. Lance said he would kick the field goal extra point because he wants to give Boswell some confidence. I shoot, I, at this point I'm thinking if I'm the coach, I'm putting in some brand new goal line plays, maybe to go for two. 
you want to you would put some pressure on the Patriots if you can be successful. Um, you don't want to be chasing points. It's going to be interesting. But if he it, misses it, one, he's done for the game. I could, I yeah. I would think that if he misses the first one, you don't see him. Well, and to update everyone on what's going on with Boswell and this whole tryout thing, Kai Forbath had a good enough tryout that the Steelers have basically said you're on standby, essentially. Now they're sticking with Boswell, obviously. But now the reports today were that they're bringing in Sean Sweesham not to kick. And he, I think he still lives in the Pittsburgh area, but to help Boswell with his kicking. Um, and I wrote the article today. And if there's someone that knows the struggles of being an NFL kicker, it's Sean Sweesham. Um, and I mentioned how if you mention Sean Sweesham to Redskin or Cowboys fans, they still get angry because he oh. missed some very big kicks at some very crucial times and very short kicks as well. He reinvented himself in Pittsburgh. He became a very solid kicker in Pittsburgh. Um, and I got to be honest, if it weren't for that horrible turf in the, in Canton, Ohio for the hall of fame game against the Vikings, I believe in 2015 that he might still be kicking for the Steelers. I mean, it's, it's not that far removed and he wasn't that old and kickers can kick well into their late thirties and even forties. So that's what they did. They brought him in to uh, help him out and we'll see if it helps because Danny Smith clearly doesn't know what's going on with anything in my opinion, but especially the mechanics of kicking. So you bring in a guy like Swisham who's had issues, who's had struggles and fixed them. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. You like that move or you think that's a little, uh, a little reaching a little much. No, you know, I think that's interesting. It, it, it shows that they are looking at things. They are not just standing pat. Um, and as far as Danny Smith goes, I would not let bathwater. Um, you know, I, that guy, I just have no confidence in, I'm sure he's a, a lovely gentleman. I just, as a coach, he's, I, I think he's inept, um, as a special team coach. Um, so something has to be done. If you bring in a guy like, uh, Sean Sweezum, who clearly like, like you said, he reinvented himself when they signed him after getting rid of Jeff Reed. I'm like, what, what are you doing? This guy's garbage. And then I quickly ate those words because I'm, I'm watching them and he, and he kicked beautifully for that team. And yes, he would probably still be here because he signed a four year deal right before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like Swisham. I thought he's a good guy. He's a Canuck. Got to like some Canadians, you know, he's a hockey guy, uh, sushi as they called him on Steeler Twitter. Um, so we'll see if that works. But I, like you said, Boswell's on a very short leash this week. And I definitely agree with them being matchup number two, Matchup number three for me is very simple, and it's the Steelers running game versus the Patriots run defense. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the last few weeks, the Patriots have not done well against the run. The Miami Dolphins ran on them successfully, and the Steelers, it's not so much about, in my opinion, it's not about the overall result, you know, yardage. It's about the freaking attempts. You have to commit to the run. And when you just played the one of the worst run defenses in the league in Oakland, and you just didn't commit to it ever, even when Josh Dobbs got in there, and I understand they were loading the box in that situation. And if you see, there's, uh, there's a theme with how teams are playing the Steelers that's been going on for, in my opinion, since Jacksonville. And that is if you have cornerbacks that are talented enough to play press man coverage, and you have a, a good run defense, and you tackle well, you can really frustrate this Pittsburgh offense. Because if you stop the run, 
and you have those press coverage cornerbacks that can really slow down Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster and then limit the yards after the catch, that's kind of the recipe for success against the Steelers' offense. And teams have been doing that, Oakland Raiders even. They, it's almost as if they were daring them to throw it, and they did, and they just weren't able to make enough plays when it mattered the most. The Steelers in this game need to run the ball, and they need to come out, and they need to do it a, in a creative way. They need to do it in ways that they haven't in the past. That means that maybe Ben Roethlisberger needs to get under center a little bit more. Not so many shotgun runs. Put Roosevelt Knicks on the field. Get big. You know, bring in uh, Chooks, Okora for as an extra tight end, and run it right down their throat. If you want to demoralize this team, you run it, you have sustained drives, and you keep Tom Brady on the sideline. Think about this game the way that fans and the Steelers used to approach games against Peyton Manning. The best defense is not letting him on the field as much, and that's with these long drives that end in touchdowns. And I think that all stems from the running game. They have to be able to run it well. If they don't run it well, it could be a recipe for disaster. Go back to my key matchup number one, Ben Roethlisberger versus himself. Hasn't been pretty as of late, so that's my third, and that is run the freaking football. Brian, what's yours? I'm sticking with the running game, but I'm going in a little bit of a different direction here. So when we're talking about the Steeler running game, you need to run the ball not and not get behind. So that's the thing. They need to be able to go ahead. And so it's basically the Steelers running game against not, not being behind. So I'm going to take this opportunity to go ahead and do our boop, 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 stat of the week. From Dave Schofield. Oh, so Schofield, stat of the day. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I have so, one last night. I, I, I have one last night. I can't say anything. He provides me the stats as well. But go ahead, stat of the day. No, he's watching this and he's smiling right now. And and actually, I watched the game the other day with uh with the first time I've ever watched a game with Dave. And so we watched the the Oakland game together, and it was great to have him in the room. I mean, just. Not even looking at anything, just spouting the stuff off. And you know if you checked it, he was correct. So I, I great appreciation for these stats. So according to Dave, a lot has been said about the Steelers not running the ball much during the three-game streak. But if looking at both streaks this season, the last nine games, there's an almost perfect correlation of time playing from behind and rushing attempts and yards. Over the last nine games, if the Steelers trailed for less than 13 minutes in the game, they rushed the ball more than 20 times and had over 110 yards. If they trailed for 24 minutes or more, they had under 20 rushing attempts and 75 yards or less rushing. The only exception was the game against the Chargers, only trailed for three minutes and 59 seconds, but only rushed 17 times for 65 yards. So the narrative, according to Dave, is needing to run the ball more has everything to do with the game situation. So you can't get behind and you have to continue to stick with that rushing game. And that correlates with exactly what you were saying in your key matchup number three. So I don't know if that's a traditional key matchup, but the Steelers against getting behind. Hey, I said it at the beginning of the show. We're not always traditional when it comes to this stuff. So that's a great statistic, by the way. Here's a question for you, Brian, and for anyone that's watching live um, on our YouTube uh, live chat going on right now. Uh, you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. The visiting team gets the coin toss. The New England Patriots call heads and it's tails. 
So the Steelers get a choice. Now, in recent weeks, they have deferred their possession to the second half, and they've had tremendous success scoring points leading in the last drive before halftime. But in this game, does it change your mentality? Do you take the football to start the game, or do you still defer and put your defense on the field first? Brian, what do you do? Ever since I was a kid, if I was playing video games or was doing anything, I always defer. Really? And I, I, you know, and I really, I really don't, I'm not a big fan of not deferring because what happens is you go ahead and something happens, you get a three and out, and then you've completely screwed up the momentum. And I've seen a lot of times that when you def- teams that defer, it seems they get that opportunity right before halftime, and then they get the ball right after halftime. Pittsburgh does very well, like you said, with that. So um, they really, it really would have worked well against Oakland had Josh Dobbs not been walking out and been stuck in a rusty X-ray machine, according to <laughs> Mike Tomlin. I'm sorry, rusty. Yes, extremist. dated, I think. But I, I don't want to blame that. I, I, I don't want to blame that, but I'm going to. <laughs> that was my entertainment for the week, that press conference, by the way. Yeah, it was it was, it was was something. And a lot of people, I'm, I'm checking the, the live chat right now, and I say it's about 50-50. Some say take the football. Some say defer. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I normally am a defer guy. I'm normally a, you want that second half possession, especially if you can get points leading into halftime, but some games you want to get that lead and you want to put that pressure on them. And this would be one of those games, but I think I would stick to my guns and still probably put the defense on the field and hope that they can get a stop and hope that they can throw something at Tom Brady that he hasn't seen. So that's kind of what my gut is telling me, but you know, home team and baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I think a lot of get the walk off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, okay, let's go to our next segment, which for those that listen, know, it's the player to watch segment. It's it's the player that could swing the game one way or the other. It's just one guy. It could be offense, could be defense, or it could be someone on the opposition. So in this case, it could be a New England Patriot. Um, I'll let you go ahead first, Brian, if you have yours ready to go. And and who would be your player that you can kind of, you're like, hey, this guy is someone to watch in this matchup. Well, at this point, I'm completely changing it up for something that you presented a little bit earlier on. I'm going to say Artie Burns. If that guy starts, then you're watching every move he makes, and he can really swing the game. So this this could be watching Mike Tomlin for this move that he made. Um, This decision is what we're watching because this could really change this game. Because one big bump from Artie Burns that's a 15-yard penalty, uh, excuse me, a holding penalty or a spot foul could really kill you against a guy like Tom Brady. So this is huge. With Artie Burns, he could swing it. And we've seen him come up with big plays every once in a blue moon. And he hasn't had one in a while. So since he's coming back, if he has one, it could really swing the game, like you said. So with that being said, I'm all eyes are on Artie Burns for me. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be looking for 25 every single play on defense. Well, the hope is that you don't see him at all. The hope is that he is. The hope is that you're sitting there in the third quarter saying, "Wow, no one's even said Artie Burns' name," because that means he's doing his job. He's not making mistakes unless he's making a big play. That's the hope. But if you're looking on, if you're watching all 22, or if you're just uh, 
if you're just looking at that game, you're watching on defense, I have my eyes peeled to wherever he is. Yeah. Okay. Especially when the ball's in the air. You're right. You're right. I, I, I agree with that. Definitely could go either way, positive or negative, in terms of turning the tide. Um, for me, I'm going to go with – I'm going to cheat a little bit. It, it's going to be the pass rush for the Steelers. And, you know, I, I'm looking in the live chat right now, and as we're talking about this, a lot of people are throwing out names like, you know, Joe Hayden on Gordon and uh, Terrell Edmonds on Gronk or Cameron Sutton on Gronk. And you know what? It doesn't matter. None of that matters if they can get to Brady, period. Um, because if you watched last year, uh, the, the downfall of the Steelers in Week 15, it, it went beyond the Jesse James play. It was that the, the Steelers couldn't get home in the second half. And when they can't get home and Brady has time, he's going to throw those darts down the middle. And you think about those big passes to Gronk. This is a game where I'm looking at a guy like Javon Hargrave, who has just played out of his mind so far in the second half of this year. And he's that guy because Brady is, is, a, is a magician at stepping up in the pocket. So everyone that's saying like TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, hey, it would be tremendous if they can come out and have big marquee games in a marquee matchup. But I also realize that's probably not, not the most likely thing to happen. It, for me, it's it's going to be the Cameron Hayward, Stefan Tua, Javon Hargrave coming up the middle. When you pressure Brady in the middle, you get in his face. That's when he makes those errant passes. That's when he has to get off his spot. That's when he all of a sudden will just drop like a sack of potatoes to protect himself. And a lot of people have done that. Our quarterback does not. But still... Um, that's where it is. That's going to change the tide. Taint could possibly turn the tide. That's the word I was thinking of um, for the Steelers. If they can get to Brady covering Gronk will be easy because Brady will be under duress. Um, I think that, you know, this is where we get into the chicken and egg conversation of which is better, a good secondary or a good pass rush. They complement each other, but in the Steelers situation, got to get home. You got to get home with Brady. And if you blitz him, and I hope they don't blitz a ton. If you blitz him, you better pray you get home because if not, it's he's he's threatening you right behind it, and it's going to be a big play. So uh, there you go. That's mine. Say what you want about that, Brian. No, you know what? I have nothing to say about that. I think that is a fantastic analysis, and uh, Hargrave is a big deal. And as far as the chicken and the egg, I ordered both from Amazon. I'll let you know which comes first. Oh, I'm going to solve it once, <laughs> once and for all. Okay, uh, so now we go to our fantasy football segment. And this is where we give you a starter and a person to sit. Start and sit them is what we'll call it for this week. Um, player that you think is a is a lock in this matchup, and then a player that you think you don't want to start him. Uh, there's a lot of different options on the field for both of these categories this week, and it's going to be interesting. I'm anxious to hear what you think. Now, for some of you, you're in the playoffs of your fantasy football league if you're in a traditional league, and in which case, most of these players are not available to you. But if you're a FanDuel geek like I am and Brian and Dave Schofield and a lot of other people that I've recruited to be in our FanDuel league, then these players are always available to you. So, Brian, who is your guy that you're going to start this week for either team? You know who I'm going to start, Jeff. I bet you you can tell me. You know me by now. I bet you you can tell me who I'm starting in this game. Uh, Ryan Switzer. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, I actually have. And you poo-pooed it. Um, Gronk. Okay. Gronkowski. Look, I've, they've never, I've never seen them stop this guy. 
Um, and it's the same thing when they play the Cincinnati Bengals and he's not hurt. It's AJ Green. Uh, I just know this. I I love my team, but I know my team. Just like uh, you know your kids and you know uh, their strengths, you know their weaknesses. I know my kids, my strengths and weaknesses. The Pittsburgh Steelers are my kids at this point. I know their weakness and their weakness is the tight end. Heck, a second and third string tight end that nobody could name. The reason I know Lee Smith is because he just got into the Baseball Hall of Fame this week by the Writers Committee. Um, that's the Lee Smith I know for the Oakland Raiders. He scored a touchdown. You had another guy. I can't even tell you his name. Scored a touchdown. He's a tight end. They cannot stop tight ends, Jeff. They And Rob Gronkowski, I don't care if you think he's finished. He will torch the Steelers if you're not careful. And right. I'm going to go ahead and put my fantasy money on him. I'm going to hope I don't get it because I could, I could live without the the 2250 that I would win by winning the league, uh, winning the week. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could make it without that, but I can't make it through a four straight loss. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So I hope um, I'm wrong. Right. Now that, hey, Gronk against the Steelers is a, is, a, is a fairly safe bet if you're putting your money somewhere. Um, I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Um, I, I go back to the fact that he got hurt in that game in week 15 last year. I think that he always views this matchup as something to prove um, going against the best. It used to be Malcolm Butler. Who's not there anymore. He's in Tennessee, but still I, I, I go back to the statistic and it was by Aditi and Kim Quibla, I think is her name from the NFL network on Twitter. And Lance and I talked about this last night in our stat segment and that was if I think is on average when when Antonio Brown is held to less than 50 yards receiving in a contest, the average that he gets the following week is an average of 149.9, 149.9 yards after being held to less than 50. He was held to 35 last week by the Oakland Raiders, which means that if history tells us anything, he's going to go off this week. And so I would say start Antonio Brown because there are those moments where Ben Roethlisberger is going to just throw it up. And I think that Antonio Brown's ready to break out. He's had those games this year. Hasn't been as consistent as he has been, but I also have a feeling that Bill Belichick is going to put a lot of focus on Juju Smith Schuster because he has been the one that's been torching defenses. And I think Belichick's going to look at this and say, we're not going to triple bracket Antonio Brown anymore. We're going to give some love to Juju Smith-Schuster, try to take them both out of their game, and that's going to open up things for uh, Antonio Brown. So that's my start. I say start Antonio Brown. Um, and Ryan Switzer. It opens <laughs> things up for Ryan Switzer. You scoff, but he's breaking out. I'm telling you. Okay. Who's your who, who's the guy you're you're sitting? Don't you're saying don't start this guy for anything. Okay. Then I'm going to go with James Conner. Um, oh, I think there that, you go. Okay. All right. I won't do that. Um, you know what? I've uh, I'm going to. A lot of people have been starting Vance McDonald as of late and still trying to force him in there. Um, I'm going to even though he had that that beautiful catch a couple weeks back. I'm going to say no to Vance. Um, I just do not like what I've been seeing of the tight ends lately. Um, if you saw the third quarter grades, um, in the third quarter of the 2018 season, the tight ends have just, uh, their production has dropped dramatically. And I don't think that it's picking up anytime soon. Um, I think Ben has, I don't want to say moved on. He's still going to use these guys, but he's looking at a guy like Switzer more. 
He's uh, he's looking at doing some other things. He's trying to get James Washington involved, um, which I think he'll break out too. So I'm going to stay away from Vance this week. Okay, I'm going to say um, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. And maybe this is wishful thinking. Either way, I'm going to sit Josh Gordon um, because I think that if there's going to be a guy that's going to tear up the Steelers, it's either going to be Gronk or it's going to be uh, Hogan or Edelman. But Joe Hayden, we talked about this on this show, Brian. He likes going against guys that are bigger. Look at Julio Jones. Look at A.J. Green. He knows Josh Gordon well. They played together in Cleveland for all those years. He knows his tendencies. He played against him already once this season when he was with the Browns in week one. I think that Hayden's going to have a good game. I think he's going to take him out. I don't think he's going to be a big threat for the Steelers because of that. So if you're a fantasy owner, I would say don't start Josh Gordon. Maybe I'm just wishing, hoping, praying, but I'm hoping that Joe Hayden gets the job done. So that's who, uh, that's who I do. I have an extra, I have an extra one here. I have a sleeper pick for you, Brian. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I like it. So on Fandle or any other daily, I don't know if DraftKings is even still around. I, if they are, it's the same. Did they merge or something? Or maybe. But anyways, if you're on Fandle. You know you have a salary cap, and so you want to put you, you put in big money for guys like Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, and sometimes you're left with the piddlings, and you're like, dang it, I got to find someone that might be able to produce for five thousand dollars. James Washington, yeah. my sleeper pick is James Washington because after being benched and after Ben hurt Justin Hunter intentionally, I think, um, I think that he- <laughs> what. <laughs> That's- like something i'd say well if you think about it he tore his labrum he has to have season-ending surgery i tweeted out today the ben better play pay for everything i mean everything because he uh, overthrew me is wide open he if, he if he underthrows me as a touchdown he's probably still playing football it's a oh my gosh if i i feel horrible ben ended the season but anyway should be feeding him soup because the guy can't yeah, even throw exactly. labrum I know. Gosh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think it was intentionally, but <laughs> no, 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 I was just joking about that. But anyways, James Washington, I think will. I think this is a game where I said it earlier. Bill Belichick thrives on taking your weapons away, and it used to be Le'Veon Bell. And I can't believe I just said his name, but it used to be that guy, number twenty-six. And now there's no running back that he really has to focus on. So now he can put all his energy on taking out eighty-four and nineteen, or trying to. And it's going to leave someone open. And I think James Washington, there's, there's just something about him. There's something about the way that people are talking about him. Uh, there's, there's, I don't know, maybe it's just that stupid hook and ladder when he just ran a good route, caught it, and pitched it to Juju. I was like, in traffic. It was yes. beautiful. He looked like a, a guy that's ready. And so I would say, and Ben Roethlisberger's comments this week about him were very positive. Uh, it wasn't nearly what it was a few weeks ago when he was criticizing him on his radio show. So that's my sleeper pick is if you're down to 5,000 bucks and you try to find somebody, James Washington might be worth the flyer because he might get you some points. I, you know what? I love it. I, I, I mentioned just a little bit ago that he's going to break out soon. Um, and then I think I, I, I fed you that. <laughs> So, okay, all right. You actually picked up on my brilliance, but yeah, well, uh, I'll let you have credit, Jeff. I think I've won more than you have this year, but we, we won't. We won't go there. We won't go there. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> you know it's true. No, you. you know how many true. times have you won? 
in the money or just first? No, not in the money first. Uh, at least twice. I don't think you've won it more than twice, have you? Twice. I've, okay. I've won twice. I've been in the money a lot more. Anyways, all right, money, <laughs> money talks, man. Money talks. You should know that. Okay, let's go to our pick'em segment, and this is where we go to the AFC North first, and then we finish up with our Steelers pick. Um, here we go. Um, I'm not even gonna. I think the Bengals play the Raiders. Who cares? We're not even picking that game. Um, the Browns played the Broncos. The Browns and Broncos are still in playoff contention, technically. Who Browns can win the division. <laughs> <laughs> technically. Who um who do you have winning this one? This is a tough game to pick. The Brown the Broncos have lost last week. Uh, the Browns are playing better. They're, they're looking like a different team under Greg Williams. Who do you think? Where's it at, Jeff? Uh, I want to say it's in Denver. Broncos. Okay, so you're gonna take I, would you would you take the I, home I, team no matter what if I was wrong? I, I would have taken, yeah, I would have taken the Browns um, if they were the home team. I This is a, ho- a home team game. I really like what the Browns are doing right now. And uh, Greg Williams, he has really uh, won the hearts of Cleveland with what he's doing with that team. Um, they're putting it together. And if you saw Hard Knocks, he is uh, he's a lot more than the guy you think that was just the bounty gate guy. He's... He's definitely putting some something together, and you know I don't think they're going to hand the job to him. But there's some good feelings in Cleveland right now. They could really win this game, but with it being in Denver, that team owns that stadium, and I think they're uh, they're coming off of a tough loss. Uh, I'll probably it's almost a pick them, but I'll go ahead and take Denver at home. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos at home too. I think the Browns are a good story, and they've been playing well, but. Um, I think their story ends this Sunday. I could be wrong. Been wrong about them already several times this season. So now we go to the big game, and this is a tough one, but it's the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay travels to Baltimore for a 1 o'clock showdown. The Steelers could really use another gift like they had last week and then squandered it away. What do you think about this matchup, Ryan? You know what? I mean, uh, if I were to go along with the same type of theme, um, I would say Baltimore, but I just don't think... I I think the luster's off a little bit. I know they played Kansas City tough, but they're built to play Kansas City tough. The the uh, Buccaneers are a weird team, and I think they're finding themselves. I think they might be able to surprise you, so I'm going to pull what I think is and go with Tampa Bay. You know, it, this could be a, a sleeper game for them. Um, they have some big games coming up. The Ravens, they have the Chargers the following week, and the Browns have finished the regular season. I just, you know, the guy I work with, he's a Ravens fan and he's not obnoxious about it. Um, And I said, you know, I just wonder if Lamar Jackson's day of reckoning, so to speak, is coming. Uh, That game where he just doesn't play as well as he has been and has several turnovers and they don't run the ball well. And and this this Buccaneers team is coming off a game where they almost beat the Saints. Um, And it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, how this game plays out. But in the end, I think the Ravens make enough plays to win. And Joe Flacco is not the starter. He's healthy. He's good enough to play. And John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson's our guy. So it looks like the Lamar Jackson era has officially begun in the Charm City. And so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I hope you're right. I hope that the Buccaneers win. But at the same time, if I'm betting, I'm not betting against Baltimore at home. And so lastly, we go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 425. New England Patriots, week 15, same exact time, same exact week, same bad channel. 
<laughs> from last year. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel as last year. Week 15, Heinz Field. It's really weird how the, the schedule makers did that. What are your thoughts on how this plays out and what's your final score? You know, I always say trust my gut, but when and I, my gut all week has been saying Steelers win this game. Uh, the only problem is my gut the last three weeks said Steelers win this game. So um, it's really comes down to the fact is Ben Roethlisberger serious is Jesse James serious when they say we know what's what's at stake and we have got to win. Um, like I, I mentioned, threat level midnight. That's exactly what it is. Know what it is. So I am going to go against karma and go ahead and say Steelers win it again. What's the score? What's your prediction? <sighs> Let's go with 28-25. Oh, wow. Lower scoring than I would think. You know, I, I, I'm glad you brought up that point about the gut, like your gut instinct, because that's exactly what I feel when I make my picks. And a lot of people say, Jeff, you're a homer. Je and, and look, I'm a fan. Yeah, you, I'm a fan. I, I've, I'm that guy that when I look at the schedule when it comes out, I'm like, I could see 16-0. and 0. <laughs> I know that's not going to happen. But at the same time, in my mind, when I have it, when, I, when my favorite football team has shown me glimpses of their potential – I expect that potential every time they go on the field. And even though I know it's not likely, that's what my gut always tells me. And so that's why against Denver and against Los Angeles, the Chargers, and against, um, you know, last week, obviously against the Raiders. But it's just like last year, you know, you have all these things, these factors that run through your head. I agree with Brian that this is a gut game, and this is a game where I think the Steelers just finally get that monkey off their back. I think that... The Patriots are a little bit vulnerable, more so than usual. I think that the Steelers should be ready to kind of gear up. If they're going to make a run, it starts right now. I think the Steelers win this game 35-31, and Chris Boswell doesn't have to make any extra, any field goals because the Steelers' red zone offense continues to click at the top, top number one team in the NFL in terms of red zone. I think that... I just, I don't know. It, logic tells you there's no chance in hell the Steelers win this game, but my heart tells me something different. Read my shirt. I'm a believer. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to start something special. Yes, I believe all that. Could I be absolutely wrong? And next week we're talking about another disaster. Well, yes, I could. But you know what? That's what my gut says. So there you have it. Um, we both take the Steelers and you have a little bit lower scoring than I do, but I, um, I think at the end of the, I don't care if they win by one or by 50, just win the freaking game. You know what I mean? So there you go, Brian. Well, what, what are your thoughts uh, in general about the, uh, the state of the Steelers, so to speak? Look, like I said at the beginning, needs to be some tweaks. We they just need to clean some things up, and it's just small stuff. It's uh, you know, for Mike Tomlin, it's it's putting the ego aside a little bit, and uh, just not being stubborn and making the right decisions. Maybe putting a guy, bringing a guy in. You great job bringing in a guy like uh, Sweezum. But bringing a guy in to take the uh, the red flag duties away from him, um, because the red flag duties are not good right now. So if uh, 
if you're going to go ahead and throw that flag, have somebody up in the press box checking it out. Just stuff like that. Um, adjusting, making adjustments in-game. So they've made adjustments this week on the practice field, and that's all well and good. But also make adjustments in the game. But you are not far away. We could Seriously, uh, I'm going to take a lot of flack for this, but this is still a team that could go to the Super Bowl this year. Crazier things have happened. They are still contenders. They're not pretenders. You know, sometimes we got to just take take our passion and put it to the side and realize that these guys are not our employees. And these guys are professional men with hopes and dreams and they want to win. They're not trying to throw it away. They hurt just as much as they have to put a, a brave face on it, but they hurt when they lose these games. And um, for for you running up to them and saying, hey, you cost me my fantasy game this week, and uh, you know they don't want to hear that stuff. They don't want to hear read on how, th- how they're awful, they're terrible, and um, how everybody's got to go, and they have no heart, and they're a bunch of overpaid um, pieces of trash. And that's what our keyboard warriors do and that's what that's what steeler nation does and if we take a look at it that these guys have the heart to go out and win and if they're doing what they say they're going to do this week and they know that it's i'm overusing this but threat level midnight and they know that it's put up or shut up this week then you gotta believe and i believe ben roethlisberger when he says that stuff i believe these guys so I'm believing that they have every opportunity to win this game. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think we both agree on that. Um, and you know, I asked for questions at the end of the show. Um, we're not getting many, so that's fine. But one of them is: Can guys are we capable of playing 60 minutes of good mistake-free football? Yes, they've shown that. I look back to that Carolina game, which, let's be honest, that was probably their most perfect performance of the season, and that was 60 minutes non-stop in your face they could have scored 75 points that game and they just stopped at 52 um they they absolutely can go off and they can absolutely put up points can the defense my question is can the defense keep the patriots off of 24 if they can keep them 24 or under i think the sealers win and that's not an easy task no way shape or form but i think that they do so um yeah it's going to be really interesting uh how this pans out but you know what we'll be here no matter what we will be here no matter what we'll be um here on this show next week previewing the saints game hopefully after a steelers big win over the patriots uh we'll be back after the game for the steelers post game show i'll be with lance williams for that and then obviously on monday uh you will be on with the steelers hangover and it's just it's all going to play out as usual but make sure you check out behind the steel curtain.com for all your pittsburgh steelers needs make sure that you also follow us on all of our audio platforms that's art 19 stitcher that's google play itunes spotify all those places we're right there and if you haven't followed us on youtube so you can get a glimpse of the 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 steelers shirt that i mentioned and brian's crazy antics over there on the other side of the camera um and his shirt which is awesome the nakatomi christmas party of what year is that 1988 1988 that was a great year um 
So, yeah, so you, you can see all that stuff. Go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio, and you'll be able to get all of our podcasts on our YouTube channel as well. So, Brian, thanks for the time, folks. Always believe. Let's hope for a win. Time to beat those Pats. Get on the winning streak and go on to the freaking Super Bowl. That's what I'm seeing. So we'll see you on the next show. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.